Hey everybody, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast. Um, this afternoon, I am delighted to welcome Scott De Valerio from Spiceworks, based in Austin, Texas. Hi, Scott. Hey, Lawrence. Good, good to talk with you this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. So today, me and Scott are going to be talking about um, the the kind of unique way, really, that you guys at Spiceworks have linked OKRs and your value stream, right? Definitely. Yep. Cool. So, so I guess just give us a, a quick introduction to yourself and, and what Spiceworks do, Scott. You bet. Yeah, I started uh, many years ago, actually, at Price Waterhouse and then transitioned into operating roles at companies uh, like Microsoft, Lenovo, a uh, company called Coinstar, and then uh, Retail Me Not, and now Spiceworks. And uh, Spiceworks, at Spiceworks, we uh, basically connect IT buyers with IT sellers. Uh, great company that got started about 14 years ago with the view to try to help IT professionals in their day-to-day job and uh, developed some free apps that would uh, track trouble tickets. They would uh, do network monitoring and, and inventory management in these small and mid-sized IT, kind of IT shops. And uh, from that, realized that they wanted to have a community to talk to each other and, and to talk to brands. And so built out a community where today, you know, we have roughly six to seven million monthly uniques um, that yeah. come in and work on the Spiceworks platform and uh, to try to get information about how to how to work uh, within their systems, put new systems in, what's the latest technology and and connect with great brands to uh, to be able to purchase technology at the right points in time. Cool. And how long have you been with the company? Uh, close to two years. So uh, came in uh, around December of uh, 2017 and uh, been working with the founders and uh, the great, the, the exec team in order to kind of repivot the business a bit and uh, get it towards, uh, you know, focusing on really providing great uh, connections. And, and it's kind of how we got to connecting what we're trying to do from an outcome or OKRs to kind of the overall strategy and then to our value system. Right. Okay. Interesting. So what's your actual role within the organization then? I'm chief operating and financial officer. So it, uh, it encompasses the revenue team, which for us includes sales, client success, and our delivery team, uh, which is, um, both ad ops as well as content creation and research and business analytics. And then the uh, finance organization, which uh, obviously includes your traditional accounting and finance, and uh, also have uh, our HR team and our IT slash DevOps team. Uh, so uh, kind of a broad role and, and one that uh, allows me to kind of work across the, a number of the organizations and in, in, in support of a, a great product and engineering team as well. Wow. So that is a really broad role then. You must have quite a few direct reports to you. A few, a few. I have, uh, you know, I think uh, one of the things that I always try to do is uh, bring on great people uh, uh, to help out. And and I have a great person that's running our revenue team uh, with me and, and uh, which is, is really certainly helpful. And then certainly HR and IT ops and yeah. and uh, the finance roles. Uh, so, you know, five or six uh, direct reports, but uh, really strong people, which which is really helpful. Amazing. And how big are the team at Spiceworks? Spiceworks in total, you know, is roughly 230 people today across the world. Um, 
And, uh, you know, we have operations in Austin, Texas, and some satellite folks across the U.S., sales folks across the U.S., and then a group of uh, about uh, 30 folks or so uh, in uh, the U.K. with a couple of folks in Australia and uh, some folks in Spain. So kind of a a mix, but, um, uh, you know, mostly centralized in London and Austin, Texas. Okay, fantastic. So... You've you've already mentioned the topic that we're here to talk about, which is OKRs. Um, mm-hmm. So, how how long is it since OKRs were introduced at Spiceworks? Yeah, it's, it's probably been within the last eighteen months or so in in the form that they are today. And you know, the way we we did it was uh, about a month or so before I joined the company. We we had a new SVP of product and engineering join uh, Manish Dixit. And uh, he uh, took a look at the what was happening with product engineering and, and overall in working with Jay Halberg, our founder, we came up with a, a strategy that really was based off of three key pillars that we needed to do for the business, which was to simplify our core business while we invested in data uh, to build overall connections. And really what that was around was uh, transforming the business that uh, we had, which was a an ad ops type business, which was generating significant amounts of data and repositioning that data to be able to provide insights to the folks that are working on our platform, our IT professionals and the like, and to provide uh, more uh, market intelligence and connections to our brands, you know, the largest technology brands across the, across the globe. Mm. And, and in doing that, we have an overall pillar around our people and making sure that, uh, you know, we have great people and that we're, we're empowering them to do, do their role. As we set those, those three main pillars with the foundation being the people, we then set about um, setting key objectives uh, in order to attain those, those key pillars, which we then tied uh, what we, you would, you know, our version of OKRs to that to be able to manage the business and increase the velocity in the product and engineering team and increase the performance across our, our revenue and, and the rest of the teams across the company. Okay, fantastic. So, so they've had a, a pretty well-structured setup then, and it's born out of these three key areas for you, this sort of simplify and best build. Is that, is that right? Yeah, it did. And, you know, one of the things that it did, you know, for example, when when uh, Manish first came in in product engineering, I think he he spent some time trying to see what the team was working on and how many projects and those types of things. And I think we had 53 or 54 projects going on in product engineering. Today, we have around 15. And those 15 are tied back to these these three key principles in uh, three key strategic pillars, and uh, as we set up the product roadmap on a three-year basis, and then a one-year basis, and then a quarterly basis, it really is all around how we hitting outcomes and objectives from those three to be able to do that, which has allowed us to be significantly more efficient in uh, in how we bring products to market, and more efficient in how we we fix the uh, the current product suite so that it we can deliver it at a much more efficient rate. Right. Okay. So, so tell me about how you guys have sort of set up your structure with with OKRs within SpiceWorks. Then, because I seem to remember you telling me that there's kind of a bit of an OKR agile hybrid going on. Is there? 
Definitely, definitely. Yeah, one of the things we did do is we we implemented Agile um, in order to be able to get a, a structure and then set the OKRs ba- based on that that Agile framework. And so if you, as we, we sit down each quarter and take a look and say, okay, what did we achieve? And then what do we need to achieve to be able to reach that three-year planning goal, that 24-month planning goal, that one-year planning goal? We then set clear objectives that come out of each of those pillars. And it's usually, you know, 10 or 15 uh, key things that need to get done under each pillar that are then grouped up into squads that then equate into what I would say about 15 key projects that we work on in any particular quarter um, with uh, those objectives tied back to individual performance reviews and, and overall uh, department performance as well. And so what it's allowed us really to do is not only in, improve the overall uh, velocity in our product and engineering team, it's allowed our marketing team to be much more structured in us to set key um, uh, performance criteria or KRs for our marketing team that line up with what the product team is doing, which then allows us to set up those same things with our, our sales team so that uh, we have a much more uh, planful way that we bring things into market, what we want to talk to our customers about, what we want to talk to our IT professionals about, um, and, and able to do that while increasing the overall margins of the business and, and improving the overall product that we are delivering across the board. Okay, interesting. So, so as I mentioned at the beginning, what we're, we're here to talk about really is the link that you guys have set up between OKRs and values. Mm-hmm. Um, so how important are values within Spiceworks? They're, they're very important. And in fact, um, our founders, were, we now have uh, one founder that's left in the company, but uh, the founders um, really started the business with a view that uh, they wanted to work together and then they wanted to bring people on that they wanted to work with. Right. Uh, and so uh, they set up a culture that is empowering, a culture that respects people, a culture that... Um, you know, innovation and, and uh, questioning and, and those types of things are super important. And to keep that culture kind of moving and evolving with the business, uh, the founders actually would interview every candidate that, uh, that came in. And, you know, at one point the company was up to about 400 people or so. Today we're, you know, roughly in that 200 uh, range, 230 range. Mm. And um, every person that has uh, come in and been hired by by uh, Spiceworks has gone through a founders round of um, of interviewing, so that and that founders round is more geared is geared really toward you know is is the person a cultural fit? Now, as, as you know, that's culture can be very helpful to businesses, particularly in startups as they go through um, culture that doesn't evolve with the size of the business, and and the business can end up hurting uh, the business as well, and so. One of the things we've, you know, worked with the teams and our HR team and the exec team and, and all that is to make sure that we are evolving our culture to keep those great principles around respect and innovation and questioning and and those types of things, but yeah. then tie that to outcomes, um, okay. and so that you could tie that to what we needed to get done in product and engineering, what we needed to get done in revenue, what we needed to get done in ad ops, what we needed to get done across our HR systems and, and those types of things. So that 
the culture wasn't getting used as a as a blocking to doing new things and doing things slightly different to improve the business. It was actually being used in support of. Okay, so in in what ways do you allow the teams and individuals to um, to set the bar then for how they're going to align into those commitments? Because I guess that's the way in which you make sure it keeps on evolving. Definitely, and and you know what what we um, hadn't had at the company was we hadn't uh, two years ago had uh, formalized performance uh, reviews, right? Because people did not have formalized uh, commitments to the business or goals that tied back to our overall OKRs, that tied back to the values, that tied back to our our strategic pillars. And so, you know, one of the ways that we evolved the culture was one from everybody getting a sort of a, a performance route based off of what the what their leader kind of thought at the time without a whole lot of, of structure around it mm-hmm. to slightly more structured saying, okay, let's set some clear uh, commitments or goals that you're going to do um, for the first half of the year. And we're going to have check-ins in the first half of the year, and then we'll, we'll adjust them for the second half of the year and have a annual review um, on the back end of that, where we set the next year's um, next uh, half's commitments. And what we tried to do there was really be clear about what our strategic pillars were, what the outcomes or OKRs were going to be to, to be able to achieve those strategic pillars, and then tie those to um, each uh, person's performance goals, which then tied to their performance reviews. So everybody is uh, setting up their goals based off of those three strategic pillars around simplifying the core, investing in data, and um, uh, building connections, as well as our overall people uh, level about what they need to do. So everything kind of ties together, right? Um, not necessarily in, in a, in what I would call a a overly structured way to where people feel like they're inhibited, but in a way that uh, people know how they're contributing to the business and they can see the outcome of that. And, and quite frankly, they could have much more uh, rigorous and much more fruitful conversations with, with their leaders about mm-hmm. where, you know, what they're doing and then what their career aspirations were so that we could la- layer that aspect into, uh, into their overall experience. It's vice works about, plotting what they wanted to do next and what skills they needed to build and and those types of things. Right. So I guess here what's basically happening is is your commitments are sitting at the level that we would call objectives. And then you're asking the individuals or the teams to to set their own success measures for for the commitments in that quarter. Am I I getting that right? Yes. Yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Definitely. Okay, so that would be our key results, essentially. So, so it's mm-hmm. a really interesting way of framing it. Um, yeah, and I and I and I know you know it's like as we were talking earlier, um, you know, it's it's a form of OKRs with the agile overlay on it. Absolutely. Um, without people really knowing, we've implemented OKRs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I completely understand. So you mentioned then that there are check-ins that take place towards these commitments mm-hmm. they on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, and is that just a, a one-to-one level or team level? How do those work? Yeah, we have a couple of things going on. One, there are daily stand-ups that are happening in product and engineering um, kind of under the Agile base where they, they have check-ins and 
Um, you know, we do have a group, which I don't think I mentioned earlier. We, we did establish an India Development Center as well, where we have uh, today three squads of uh, teams that are working uh, working with us as well. And so, uh, you know, the teams are, are working across a variety of different regions. We have stand-ups there. Then on an individual basis, um, we do um, ask that uh, our leaders meet with our, our teams on a one-on-one basis at least every two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. They don't need to be long meetings, 15 to 30 minutes yeah. um, with, you know, a check-in on, on how they're performing up against those goals and a check-in on, on how they're doing on their overall career perspective. And, and then uh, we have uh, structured meetings um, that uh, we have on a two week, every two weeks. One is product operations, and that's where the product team with the engineering team come in and talk about key, how they're meeting up against these overall key objectives that they're, they're driving to and what adjustments need to get made. It's also where some of the product planning gets done. Um, those meetings are on a every two-week basis. Um, the exec teams can, can take a look at what's uh, getting discussed through, we use Teams as our collaboration uh, tool. And can see kind of how that's all playing out. We also have a business operations or biz ops meeting that is every two weeks, which is the what we call our business leaders, which are the the team that uh, reports up into the executive level. They meet to talk about what's happening within the business. They tie in the product and engineering stuff. It ties in kind of what's happening on the marketing and sales side. So it's one place where kind of the end-to-end business gets discussed and where, quite frankly, it's really set up for those leaders to um, identify key areas where they need help and identify how the other leaders can can help us, help them achieve uh, the objectives that they need to get. So those are some of the key meetings that we have both on an individual basis on a squad basis and and then then also on an overall department base, you know, key department basis. Sure. Okay. So there's a, there's a lot of good cadence there, really some really positive habits and routines that you guys have got into. Um, Yeah. And and we, the other thing we, we implemented was a company meeting every two weeks in the past, the company meeting was on Friday afternoon and it was kind of a more of a hodgepodge of uh, discussion points and and um and then at the end the the you know the teams would would hang around in the the beer fridge would get opened and people have a couple <laughs> beers and then they go they end the, the you know end the week yeah. uh and you know that was getting to be where you know it might not have not been greatly attended there might not have been a real outcome other than the beer fridge being opened <laughs> uh we retooled that a little bit where we now have them every other week on wednesday morning from 10 our time ten fifteen to 11 o'clock we have very key things that uh, that we are trying to communicate across the whole business yeah. so that everybody can hear what's happening and and some great successes some challenges some different things that are happening and all the, the company attends that from our, our team in India to our team in, in the UK, Australia. Um, we have has some folks that work with us in Costa Rica on a contract basis. And so everybody kind of gets a great sense for, for what's happening in, in that meeting in a more, again, way to com- continue to communicate what's happening, communicate outcomes, communicate um, pace and cadence of, of the business. So people, uh, see that as a as a key kind of shift in our culture around performance and outcomes and those types of things 
and we still have, you know, the, the beer fridge opened up on Friday afternoon for people to play games and all that, but that's much more of what it, what it probably should be, which is a quick social, social event versus trying it to be a business event. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you mentioned earlier that you didn't really have any, um, structured performance management systems before this kind of uh, OKR framework came into place. And you've told us about all the check-ins that go on, which, which are really interesting, but does that build up to any sort of, um, you know, uh, biannual or, or annual check-in um, where, you know, all of that information comes together and they do have that slightly more formal meeting with their manager? Yes. Yeah. We have uh, half yearly meetings uh, that um, where their first half goals are are reviewed and they discuss kind of how they how they did up against them and where where they need some uh, work where they didn't achieve as or where they overachieved as well and and then uh, you know that's also discussed in in those half yearly meetings uh, if there are any key career things that they that uh, both the manager and and uh, the the employee want to want to discuss and it's also where the second half of the year uh, goals are adjusted right um, based off for performance based off of uh, subtle changes to to direction and uh, and then kind of managed through to where we then have an annual um, annual review process that happens in around the third week of January early February uh, to, to kind of wrap up the previous year and then to make sure that the next uh, half year full year and half year kind of commitments are set to, to begin that cycle again. Cool. And during these uh, performance management sessions then on, on a half yearly um, schedule, are you only looking at their performance against the, the success measures they set out for the commitments or is there, is there a bigger picture here? Yeah, it's, uh, we try to look at for them individually how they're doing up against their success measures. And we really are working hard to have um, our management team tie that to the overall business. Um, so in a, in a clear way, right. Um, so that people can really see how they fit in overall and in how their contributions are adding, or if they are underperforming, how that underperformance it could be hurting the business. Yeah. Yes. And so, uh, you know, I think we're, since it's really kind of, this is year two of the year of the cycle. I would, you know, I would say we're getting better at that. Um, but you know, I think that's a key thing to to OKRs. It's a key thing to implementing agile. It's a key thing to implementing uh, any kind of uh, strategic plan, and and then tracking back is that you have to be able to tie it back to the overall business and tie it back to the individual and their contribution, and and get them to buy in not only in the overall plan, but buy into their ability to impact that. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. And are you looking at just the way in which they have, um, so the attainment that, that, that they've shown towards these success measures and the way that they're, they're making a difference to the bigger company? Or is there some sort of tie here to the values as well? Because I know you've you mentioned how important those are. Definitely. Yeah. The, the, how is as important as to the why and the what, and uh, you know, we do focus quite a bit on that. If we have uh, you know, some folks that are, are really overachieving, but they're, 
they're doing it in a way that isn't in line with the values. We have those discussions with folks so that we can help them uh, understand that the value set up is, isn't necessarily just set so that we have a nice little culture. Mm. It's actually going to help them progress in their career. And, wow. you know, while you, you know, you may be doing certain things and in the short term, you're being successful. If you want to continue to move through, whether it be our organization or other organizations, there are things you need to work on um, that uh, are going to allow you to be successful over the long haul. And we try to we try to focus on those as well with with uh, the individuals and the overall teams because uh, you know again way we try to set up the value system and evolved value system is is really one that is in support of the overall performance of the business but in in support of what you know I would say most businesses how they want to you know they want their employees to to manage themselves and manage manage their teams and those types of things and yeah. and where you see that's out of out of position, uh, we try to have those conversations with with the folks and help them evolve as uh, as people and as as employees. That's 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 fantastic. I think I think that's so important because you know you do see it in some companies where where they get exceptional performers who are perhaps doing it in all the wrong ways. Um, yes. And if you have one high performer that's pissing off uh, ten members of staff to make them you know medium to low performers you're in a, a bit of a ne- negative equity there, really. Yeah, you know, you've seen some different things uh, where, you know, I think there's, I know there's one individual, he goes out and gives speeches and says, you know, part of the executive's job is to walk around and understand who is making everybody else's life miserable. And even if they're a top performer, remove them. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I think, you know, ho- hopefully through this process, we don't, um, have to walk, you know, the only way we're going to find out is by walking around, hopefully through this process, we're identifying it, we're able to make adjustments so that it doesn't get to that point to where they're making everybody around them miserable. But, you know, you have to watch it and you have to watch against values, frankly, becoming weapons. Against okay, about this. Yeah. So yeah. tell me more about that. Against the company. Uh, you know, sometimes if, uh, you know, people will say, well, you know, this person gave me a harsh review or gave me a review and said, I wasn't performing at a certain level. It wasn't in line with our values right? because they were a little bit harsh or Mm -hmm. if they're not performing, you know, they bring up the values or if they don't like somebody, they, they try to indicate that they're, you know, that they're not living to the values. And so I think, you know, you have to set these values to where people they're ingrained in, in our outcomes yeah. which reduces the some of the the opportunity to to kind of use them as values because they're not tied to outcomes. Mm-hmm. And so when you tie the how to the why and the what, you, then it all should work together. A lot of times there are times that I've seen where the values aren't necessarily tied to the outcomes. They're mm-hmm. kind of there and separately evaluated and and those types of things and I think that's where they can be weaponized because they aren't necessarily tied to the to the outcomes of the business. And people can turn around and say, well, you know, that person wasn't nice. And one of our values is, you know, a no a-hole rule or whatever you, you, know, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. And but if you turn around and say, well, why you have to be able to say, OK, so why do you say they weren't nice? How does it tie into what we're trying to do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes they're right. Sometimes it's it's more of a personal thing. You have to break those out. So yeah. I think it's always, you know, if you can get them tied into where, where the business is going. Um, I, I think it, it helps reduce some of that weaponization of, of those values at times. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And that's really interesting, especially for us at, at the Heavy Giants, because, you know, we, we are OKR consultants. We, we do all this implementation. Um, but we also have almost a, a separate part of the business that is helping organizations discover what their values are or should be and then helping them to embed them. Um, and I think I've got a huge amount of respect for the way you guys at Spiceworks have managed to draw the two together um, and how you managed to use the, the values to come up with your commitments and how the commitments then drive the success measures for the individuals and teams. I think, I think there's something definitely to be said for that. Um, so kudos to you guys. Yeah, we're, we're excited about the progress. You know, you're never where you want to be on it. <laughs> and, uh, there's always ways to improve. But, uh, you know, we're pleased with, with the progress. And again, I, I have to say the, the team, both the exec team and, and frankly, our, what we would call our biz ops leaders across the stack have done a great job of embracing it and uh, helping implement it and, and kind of leading implementing it. I think, you know, that that's why we've um, been able to be successful in that regard and kind of the way we, we have been. Absolutely. And it sounds like your founders really, really care as well, which is, makes a huge difference. Definitely. Definitely. That was helpful throughout the life of the, the company. And, you know, Jay Hallberg, who is our, you know, our chairman today, um, continues kind of on that, that as well. Brilliant. So, so finally, I guess then, Scott, if you could give one piece of advice to somebody about to set out on their OKR journey um, in whatever guise it takes, whether it's, you know, the commitments and outcomes, like you guys call it, or a more traditional OKR approach, what, what's one piece of advice you would give to them? I, well, I always think about the, make it simple. Right. And I know that sounds kind of trite and everyone goes, oh, yeah, sure. You, you have to kind of make the journey simple so that you can tie it back for the employees and so that they can feel empowered to be able to achieve what they're, what the company's trying to achieve. And that's one of the reasons why we've, you kind of keep your strategic pillars at three, you try to keep kind of what you're trying, your outcomes at a, at a number that people can, can easily rattle off in the elevator yeah, and set clear um, outcomes below those that, that resonate through. So for me, it's always about keeping it simple because then you can articulate it in an easy way. Then people can buy into it. And then you can, you know, hopefully uh, enable them to be able to, to achieve it and they feel like they're part of the business. Absolutely. I think that's a great piece of advice. And, you know, you, you don't have to do it all at once either, do you? You know, this is yeah. a journey. Um, and, and there's kind of as much about the journey as the destination. And that, that will help to keep it simple for your staff, I think, if you don't go for this big bang approach and you make the, the changes over time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think too many people try to do everything at one time and it, it clutters everything up. It's about picking out the key things and then working through them and then continuing to evolve it. And all of a sudden it just becomes a fabric of the business. Absolutely. And, and that's what it's all about, making it a fabric, of the, a piece of the fabric of the business, really, because, you know, one of the worst things that people can do is try and do it all at once and overcomplicate it. Um, and then when they come to try and do it again, they'll find that their staff are completely disenchanted by the process. And there will be a lot of naysayers and a lot of skeptics as well, actually. Yes. And, and you'll see that um, the, other, the other way you'll identify that is, is when things, when the sledding gets a little tough, 
people will try to revert back to the old way versus the current way. And yeah. if you, again, if you implement it in a way that people have can embrace it and, and bring it in over time, um, then you can actually identify some of those areas where they start to walk backwards and move them back onto the track. And then it just becomes, you know, second nature. And then you can keep, you know, doing that throughout the organization. I think that's, that's critical as you move, as, as you kind of implement OKRs and, and those types of things. Completely agree. Completely agree. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Lawrence, it was a pleasure. I appreciate uh, the time. And uh, I think uh, what you are doing, uh, is uh, fantastic so it's very exciting to, to be able to spend some time with you good good and, uh, and you guys you've shared some really key nuggets of information there you guys are doing it in a different way to to everyone else i've spoken to really which is is brilliant that's what the podcast is all about you know getting the real life stories about how businesses are doing these things well great i appreciate it so um thank you as usual to everybody for listening uh, i hope you enjoyed this episode i'm sure you did um let us know what you thought. Get in touch on uh, hashtag Giant Talk on Twitter or LinkedIn and let us know what you thought. And, and as always, if there's anybody that you'd like to hear from, let us know and we'll try to get them on the podcast or any specific topics around OKRs that you'd like to discuss. Just let us know and we can always set up a chat between myself and Roger or, or potentially some other guests. Um, but until next time, thank you very much for listening and we'll, we'll chat to you soon. Okay, bye.